Hey friends, I'm Ashley Parker, the host of Splash of Ash, the podcast. Join me as I sip on my iced coffee and hold my crystals as we chat all things to empower you to get up and show up every single day. Things like your morning routine and how you talk to yourself. You know, all the things that make you your best self. I'll be bringing you a drop of good vibes, a dash of confidence, and a sprinkle of inspiration. Get ready to envision and step into a better you. It's time to level up. This moment counts. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the show. I am going to jump right into this episode because I am so excited to share with you the guests that we have on the show today. So today we have Heather Hutchison, probably still butchered it, but it's fine. She is an author and an award-winning singer-songwriter with three albums to date. She has been blind since birth and has struggled with mental illness from a young age, Her passion is to educate people on disability and mental health through her music and her writing. I am so excited to just jump into this conversation. So with that, let's welcome to the show, Heather. Hello, my dear. Hello. Did I totally butcher your last name still? No, it was pretty close. (laughs) (laughs) I told you I struggle. I don't know. I don't know. No, it's it's like all that pressure because now you're thinking about it like, oh my God, I'm going to butcher it. I do it every single time. Oh. <laughs> well, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you on. I Thanks would love for, for you. Me. Yeah, I would love for you to kind of share a little bit more about yourself and just your story. We want to know all the things. <laughs> all the things. <laughs> all of them. All of them. Yeah, for sure. So as you said, I'm a singer songwriter. I have three albums out and I'm working on a fourth one right now. So I'm really excited about that. Oh, that's so amazing. Yes, I I hope so. It's we're still kind of like in the writing stage and just recording like a few demos and things. So hopefully over the winter, you know, you get all the rain and everything because I'm on the West Coast of Canada. It actually doesn't snow here. But yeah, so hopefully we'll be able to like buckle down and get that done. So yeah, working on that. And then I just released my memoir called Holding On by Letting Go. And it's sort of my story of my life as a blind person in Canada and Latin America and my struggles with my mental health throughout the years, which ultimately culminated in being hospitalized for psychiatric care during the beginning of COVID-19. So that was, (laughs) yeah, that was an experience. Yeah, exactly. No, yeah. Then we had to, uh, yeah, because it's they had, you know, certain procedures and things like that that they had to follow extra. So, yeah, everyone's kind of like, well, what's it like, A, to be hospitalized in a psychiatric ward and B, during the COVID-19 pandemic? So my book kind of gets into that. Wow. Holy cow. You're amazing. <laughs> okay, I have so many questions. So, So what are some of the challenges that you face every single day? A lot of it is people's perceptions. I think people often will look at a blind person, you know, kind of feel pity, like, oh, they can't see the sunset or their loved one's faces. And I think that's kind of an easy way of looking at things in a less tangible way instead of, you know, what can we do as a society to make life easier for people with disabilities? So, you know, can I hire a person with a disability? Can I you know, treat them the same way as I treat everybody else? Can I encourage other people to do those? So those are kind of the tangible things that 
that I think we're kind of missing in society that we need to look at more closely. Mm. So what are some of the positives then? So I am a huge believer in, you know, flipping the script and looking for Mm -hmm. the good in things. And I heard you say in the beginning, you know, oh, they can't see the sunset. They can't do these sort of things. But what are some of the really good things that come out of your disability? I think I've met a lot of people that I probably wouldn't have met otherwise. I've had a lot of experiences that have been really cool that, you know, I think maybe, you know, maybe I would have been different if I hadn't been born blind and then I wouldn't have had those experiences. Maybe I wouldn't have gotten to record albums. Maybe I wouldn't have gotten to write a book. And what else? I can do my makeup without a mirror. (laughs) So that's kind of a win. Oh my gosh, that is a win. (laughs) It's definitely a win. That is so resiliency. That's a word that I kind of think of as we are talking right now. How does resiliency play a role in your life? And do you have any tips for my listeners for developing resiliency and really practicing this skill? Yeah, it's it's tough for sure. And I think I struggled with it enough to the point that I was hospitalized and I kind of had to learn it in the hospital and then coming out and and moving forward and I think a big one for me was moving through that pain to find purpose so you know Mm. whatever it is it's going to be different for different people and you might not be able to figure it out right away but if you're open to it and you you kind of are willing to almost like receive I guess the the signs and the nudges from from the universe, you will find your purpose. And then I think a big thing for me to be resilient is to do one thing every day that makes me feel like I'm leaving the world a little bit better than I found it. And I think Mm -hmm. that really helps with self-worth, which in turn helps with resiliency. Mm, Pain into purpose. What a really powerful phrase, if you will, like turning the hardship, the challenges, the struggles, the crap into your purpose and something that that can really fuel you. Would you say that your music and your writing has really helped to pull you out of some really hard times? Yeah, absolutely. So my first album came out when I was 16. So we started recording it when I was 15. And by that point, I was already really struggling with anxiety and depression. And not only was writing those songs helpful for me, because I was getting out, you know, I was really figuring out how I felt, because sometimes it just, you know, rattles around in your head, and then you sit down at the piano, or you journal or do whatever you do. And it's a lot easier to figure out what's going on. So that was also, that was helpful for me. But not only that, it was the community I found in music with the other musicians Mm. because they never treated me like, oh, the poor little blind girl. Like I was just a girl who loved music to them. And then also the connecting with people. So people coming up after a show and being like, you know, I heard this song and it really helped me or I was going through this really difficult situation and this song meant this to me. And it was, again, finding, turning that pain into purpose. Mm. So I'm also kind of hearing you say that music 
can be therapeutic. And I 100% agree with this. There's something about putting on a song, right? Even if it's like in your car or whatever, like putting on your jam and sometimes just really feeling it. Do you feel Mm -hmm. the same way? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Like sometimes you just need a really sad song and a good cry. Sometimes you need something more upbeat. Yeah. Like music is, I don't know. Imagine what life would be like without music. You know, we'd miss, I think, a lot of those feelings and stuff because it really does make us feel. A hundred percent. So if you are open to it, I would love for you to share a little bit more um, of your mental health journey with us. Yeah, for sure. So I first noticed, I guess, probably around seven that I was really struggling with anxiety. There were some issues at home. My dad had cancer and then he Mm -hmm. left. And so that was that was big. And I was also starting to notice that people were starting to treat me differently. And I was really sensitive to that. So I started to withdraw, I guess, as a way to protect myself and other people from the discomfort that I was noticing that some of them felt. And so I would have panic attacks. I didn't really know what was going on because I was a kid. Yeah. I would get home, sent home from school because I would be sick a lot. Mm. And by the time I got into my early teens, the depression had kind of come into play because I think one fueled the other. I think I was so tired of feeling anxious all the time. Yeah. That you just want that to end. So it was kind of this vicious circle. And So I have had over the years major depressive episodes. Sometimes they last a few weeks. Sometimes it's, you know, a lot longer. Mm. So in November of 2018, I started into a major depressive episode that didn't really end like the others had. It just went on and on. So I I stopped eating. I stopped sleeping. I was losing my hair. Mm. And so in June, I kind of realized like time was running out, June of two. 2019. So I set up an emergency meeting with my doctor. They played with my medication. They were able to keep me out of the hospital that time. They increased my outpatient mental health supports. And things were getting better slowly but surely. And then COVID-19 hit and my therapist and doctors stopped seeing people in person. They weren't doing video calls. They were just doing phone calls. So they never really saw I guess the decline that I was going through and I wasn't far enough into recovery that I could really deal with it on my own. Um, They were harder to reach. So those supports were kind of pulled out a little bit from under me as they were for a lot of people who were struggling Mm -hmm. with a lot of different illnesses, you know, physical, mental, whatever it was. And so I decided that because control is a huge thing in my life and I was so depressed and so anxious all the time that I decided that the one thing I could control was how and when I would die. Mm. So I made concrete plans for that, but I decided that before I did that, I was going to go to the hospital and just see what they said. And I wasn't really going to get better. I was kind of going, seeking absolution, honestly. Yeah. For my family and friends, I thought it would be easier for them after I was gone to think that I had at least tried this. And I figured I'll go to the hospital. They'll be like, oh, no, you're fine. Go home. Mm -hmm. And then I could continue on with my plans. 
but it didn't <laughs> quite work out that way. Obviously, <laughs> they ended up keeping me. And it was a couple of days after I got into the hospital, I was lying awake one night, I couldn't sleep. And somebody was brought in, a patient was brought in by air ambulance mm. in critical condition. And as soon as they got there, they called a code blue. And I started thinking about this person's family and my like, my God, they must be having the scariest night they've ever known. And then I started thinking about my own loved ones and going, well, how can I feel so much compassion for this person's loved ones and knowing the decision I want to make will devastate my own. Wow. And I started thinking about the patient and thinking, this person is fighting to live and I'm here as well and I'm fighting to die and I have a choice and if I'm I need to make this choice like I felt like I was at a crossroads and if I was going to choose to live then I had to take this really crappy situation and try to make something good out of it you know wow tell the story for the people who can't tell the story anymore because it's an all too common story and tell the story in the hopes that you know someday maybe there'll be a person who won't have their own story to tell I actually have tears in my eyes listening to your story. That is freaking powerful. Thank you for sharing that um, to me and my audience, because I know that your story will touch people's lives in a way that is absolutely mind-blowing. So you really shared this story of choosing to live, (laughs) right? You were in this, this crossroads and, and you had this perspective shift and you're like, I have a choice in this. (laughs) Were there other times in your life where you were able to do this? Because that's big and that's hard to do, to recognize that we have a choice, right? Yes. Were there other times in your life where that has showed up or was that kind of the first time that we were that you were really feeling like you had a choice in your life? I'd say that was basically the definitely the biggest most dramatic version of that. I'm sure it's happened, you know, in smaller ways over the years, but clearly I just I needed something big to happen, I guess, to get me out of it. But yeah, I would say like with music, mm. you know, things like that, I will choose that you know, I'm going to go write a song or play some music instead of, you know, these less healthy things. And sometimes I'm better at that than other times, you know, it takes, it takes practice and it takes knowing yourself well enough. So unfortunately going through a lot of those things. So, you know, well enough when this spiral is starting so you can actually stop it before it gets, because you can get to a point where you just can't stop it. You're too far down. Yes. So what works best for you in managing your depression and anxiety? I know you just shared, you know, playing music um, is one of the ways that can help you to kind of deal. But are there other ways that you can share with my listeners that they might be able to do as well that really helps you with your your mental health struggles? Yeah, so there's a couple of things, I think. One of the biggest ones for me, which we kind of touched on, is doing something to help other people Mm. because it gives us a great feeling of self-worth and mindfulness is a big one and again that's like a lot of practice I like the one with the I'm sure you probably know of it when 
there's you're sitting by a stream or a river and you're on your own yes and you have your hand in the water and these leaves are going through your hand right yes and you can you can choose to grab onto them or you can choose to let them go and pass through your hand and I don't know that's a really powerful image to me maybe because it is kind of tactile whereas I think a lot of mindfulness stuff can be pretty visual so I like that one so good how often do you find yourself doing these sort of things? Are these a part of your everyday routine, things that you have to practice and to, you know, really be intentional about doing, or are they things that you now just choose to do when you're feeling a little low or you're feeling a little bit more anxious? I would say there's still a daily thing that I have to work at and I have to practice and remind myself of for sure. Yeah. I think that's a huge, a a huge point to make, because I think that a lot of these tools, right. And these things that we do to help ourselves should be used every day, because that's the only way that we are really going to fully understand how to implement them or when to implement them. Right. We have to get really good at mastering our own coping mechanisms. So Mm -hmm. I totally, I totally agree with you. Yeah, and I think people sometimes they'll they'll start with really good intentions and they're like, yeah, I'm going to do this. And then they expect themselves to be perfect at it right away. Mm. And then they give up because they're not. And they're like, well, this just isn't working. So I would say, you know, give yourself some grace. It's not always going to be perfect and it will take practice. And there will be some days that you'll be better at it than others. Uh, 100%. I was just actually on a podcast before we're recording this one. And we talked about grace and how important it is to have grace with ourselves, right? Yes. Yes. And it's hard to do. It is so hard on ourselves and we beat ourselves up. But I, I, I think it's so necessary to have grace with ourselves. We have grace with our friends, right? We're like, you know what? It's all right. Maybe you're having a bad day, but we don't yeah. do that with ourselves. No, no, exactly. If we treated our friends the way we treat ourselves, we wouldn't have any friends. Right? 100%. Do you have any words of encouragement or inspiration for somebody that might be listening to this right now? And they're struggling with mental health. Yeah, I think an important thing is not to offer empty platitudes like, oh, cheer up, tomorrow's another day, Mm. that sort of thing. Because I know when I was in, you know, the midst of the absolute darkness, um, that would be about the point that I would stop listening. But I can promise you that there will come a day when You'll stop in a moment and you'll feel so much joy in that moment and you'll stop and you'll think to yourself, I would have missed this. And I hope with all my heart that you will hang on for that moment because it is worth it. Mm. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story of hope and empowerment and inspiration. Wow. Thank you so much for having me. So where can everybody find you? and your music and your book. Like we want to be able to find you. Yeah, for sure. I'm on, or I guess you can go to my website at www.heather-hutchison.com. H-U-T-C-H-I-S-O-N. I'm on Facebook at Heather Hutchison Music, Instagram, Heather Hutchison Music, Twitter, H-L Hutchison. 
um, my book you can find on Amazon, Audible. It's available in print, ebook, and audiobook. And my music's on Spotify, Apple Music, all those places, YouTube. But if you visit my website, it's got all my links to all my social media, my book, my music, all that stuff. So I would love to connect with everyone. Awesome. I will put your website in the show notes as well so that people can easily access you. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. You know the drill. I will be back next week on Tuesday for yet another episode. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope it brought you tons of value. If you loved what you heard or know someone who would, please share it with them. If you want to know more about what I'm up to, you can find me on social at a underscore splash of ash and my website splashofash.co. Tune in every Tuesday for a new episode. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Change your everyday, change your life.